Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hi, this is Christy Walsh with Surfing the Psychic Waves, and welcome to the second episode on Inflow Radio. My special guest star surfer today is clairvoyant, intuitive counselor, and writer, Julia Stone Street-Smith. She's letting us see inside the mind of her psychic world, and we'll take callers together and talk about what waves we're surfing today. We're going to get into uh, psychic development, how it evolves over time, and how you can use past lives to inform your world uh, today and some other tools and beings you can talk to. So we have a lot planned for this next hour. So Julia, welcome. I'm so glad you and I are on the air. Thank you for inviting me. I know. It's been so long. I know. (laughs) How would you call the waves today? What would you say? Are they colors to you today? Are they words? I think today I'm, I'm thinking in terms of texture, like it's choppy. The water's choppy. Now, it could be me, but when you are someone who has spent time developing your psychic ability, because we all are psychic, but maybe you have done some activities that help develop it, uh, you get more sensitive. It's kind of a mixed blessing. But to me, the waters feel a little choppy. Not full-on hurricane, thank goodness, (laughs) but a little rough. Yeah. So I think today we're still kind of in... A full moon sort of scenario as we tape the show. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's just kind of amazing. Every day, it just seems in 2018, it's like a different world. <laughs> Wake it up every day. So, you know, one of the things that um, you and I have in common is that we both uh, did some of our training at the Berkeley Psychic Institute um, here in California. And uh, I'd love for you to sort of Talk about that and, and let folks know sort of how you came to sort of find out that you were even psychic in the first place. What a great story. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I was always attracted to things like tarot cards and reading books about astrology. Probably around the age of 14 is when I really started getting interested. And I kind of was doing a lot of like educating myself over the years, uh, reading about crystals and just even going a little bit towards the witchcraft spells things like that i think actually every woman is a witch and we all kind of want to explore that i think i don't know uh so then i after college i felt very adrift i didn't really know what i was going to do i didn't have a plan but i had decided i was going to move to california So I did that, and within a few weeks, I was wandering around San Francisco, and I found this little free newspaper called The Psychic Reader, and it was the promotional newspaper for the Berkeley Psychic Institute, and they had a famous saying, you may be psychic, not crazy, (laughs) and that really resonated with me, like, what? Maybe... I'm psychic and not just a very, you know, sort of emotional, sensitive person. Because for most of my life up until that point, people would sort of 
try to shame me a little bit. Like, why are you so emotional? You're so reactive, you know, like what's wrong with you? And I did have quite a bit of thoughts or feelings about like, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. Cause I just feel, I feel everything so intensely. So I picked up that little newspaper and that just was like a hello in a foggy, you know, on a foggy day. And I mean that metaphorically, like I just didn't really have a lot of direction in my life at the time. So I went to a free event there and it was a healing clinic where you could just sit down and they would work on your energy. And I felt something happen. Like I really felt something change. And after the healing, they, they talked a little bit about some energy that they moved around and it just was so intriguing and appealing. So I signed up for their beginning class and I just kept going and practicing and developing these meditation tools that made it even easier to be psychic, that sort of cleaned up the fog, so to speak, like cleaned out all this old confusing energy and helped me get more and more clairvoyant, clear seeing. And I was just so into it. It was kind of an obsession. And I did that for about two years. And then I was very obsessed also. Yeah. Right. Going and hanging out there all the time, doing every class, going to every event. And then after about two years of that, I really felt this call to move back to Colorado where I'm from. So I moved away, but I still continued to get involved in things. After that, I I got obsessed with astrology and read everything I could get my hands on related to that. So it just kind of continued and evolved. And yeah. 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 I, I think for me, I don't see such a difference between a meditation space and a reading and a healing. And they had those, Berkeley uh, Psychic Institute had those sort of separate and different classes that you could take. But uh, I just noticed over time, the more I kept sort of working with the energy, it just all became like one thing. So I don't know if that's good or bad or or maybe part of another obsession <laughs> that I'll get into one day. But it's just, I just find it amazing that um, somehow this guy, Louis Bostwick, uh, he's passed away now. He uh, developed this institute based on all these different uh, modalities that he had learned. And uh, one of the things he was really adamant about is that it's that BPI uh, is a psychic kindergarten, which you realize after a while that it's not really kindergarten anymore, but uh, you start there. <laughs> so yeah. it's a lot about colors and saying hello, saying hello to the energy. And so it, it seems very easy and gentle. And then you start figuring out more things about yourself. And it's like, oh, I didn't know I was that thing over there also. And so you, you start finding more of you, I guess. Yeah. And I think that emphasis on this idea of like we're in kindergarten kept it really playful and allowed people to kind of let go of their doubts. Because I remember you know, you take a few classes and the next thing you know, your instructor's like, okay, you're going to go do a reading now for an hour, you know, and you're thinking, what? I'm not ready for that. And my director would always say, oh, just make it up. Just make it up. 
like whatever. And it was shocking how accurate a psychic reading can be when you think you're making it up. I mean, you're saying things you don't really know. You know, I would get images of like people playing tennis and then I would use that as a metaphor for a relationship. Like, you know, and, and the person sitting across from me would be like, oh, my God, that's incredible. And you're like, I have no idea where this is coming from. And maybe I don't need to know or analyze it. And if I didn't have that idea of kindergarten, I think I would have struggled more and gotten more sort of stressed out about it or kind of serious. But they had a great way of really making it playful so that you could allow these abilities to happen. Yeah. Because we all have these abilities, but there's so much in our world that's kind of saying, no, no, don't do that, or that's not real, or no, you know, you're making that up. Because it's a way to keep people from using these abilities, because these abilities are powerful. Yeah, I, I think um, I am still learning that um, there's power behind some of the things that I'm doing. And I'm still exactly. surprised. It's like, oh, my God, that totally worked. I can't believe that worked. And then the minute I say that, I forget about it. And then, you know, another couple of months later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I do move around some energy, and it works. And then I forget about it again. So I'm not sure (laughs) how to resolve the forgetfulness, except that maybe you move energy out of your space or out of a situation or a world, your your house, whatever, and it kind of resets everything. And so you don't need to go backwards and remember, but, uh, you know. Right, and maybe uh, we sort of forget what we're doing because somehow that helps us grow more. I don't know. If we were all really, really, really wide awake, I mean, what would we do here? We'd be bored. But the, the falling asleep and waking up again to our own stuff or to our own difficulties or the ways that we make things complicated for ourselves kind of keeps this experience engaging, really. I mean, if it was just pure awareness, I don't know what I would do. I would be... <laughs> We'd just sit around all day do? and do that thing. I know. I'd be like, no, I don't need that anymore. No, mm, no. I mean, and I don't know how many people would actually be able to spend time with me, really. Think about all the really awake people that have shown up on our planet and what happened to them. Uh, not always a good scenario. Yeah. You know. They tend to get run out of town, you know. <laughs> yeah, or murdered in very strange ways. <laughs> right. So it's just, yeah, it's very, um, it's, it's a hard one to sort of fathom that, you know, any being could have that much uh, energy at their fingertips and they're using it and they're making all these changes and then they die a horrible death. Like, how did that happen? Why did you pick that? Did you pick that? Or it just, you never saw it coming, but I thought you were psychic. Like it just is this little, you know, circle of energy that I can't quite resolve, but I am grateful that there's been some other trailblazers out there. Maybe it's kind of like being a shooting star. Maybe you can't be here and be that conscious for a long time. I mean, maybe it just doesn't work. I really don't think the human experience is about being fully conscious all the time, would be another way to say it. I really yeah. don't think we're here for that. We we get glimpses, and they're intoxicating and sometimes painful, but I think we're supposed to be kind of fogged out a little bit here so we can go experiment, try things. What was that like? Oh, I learned, or that was hard, or that was awesome, but 
there's a famous comedian named Bill Hicks, and he has a there's a YouTube of him doing a small comedy bit called "It's Just a Ride," where he talks about life being just like kind of being on a carnival ride, you know, and we take it so seriously, but it's just a ride. And when I get freaked out, I go and watch that because I'm kind of like, oh yeah, we're just playing around here. We're playing, and it feels so serious. The stakes get really high, but this isn't where it ends. This isn't where it started, and yeah, we can't play this game if we if we don't forget. Yeah, I know because then we want new experiences all the time, and so it's kind of an you know we're kind of guaranteeing that's going to happen if there's some forgetfulness along the way. I think yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. So other tools that I I think from um, BPI that I'm still using. Um, I, I definitely use the term grounding where you connect um, with your first chakra, the base of the spine, all the way down to the center of the earth. I do that a lot still. Um, there, there are days and weeks where I'm just grounding everything, grounding my car with the wheels down, you know, with these little tethers down to the center of the earth. Somehow I could drive faster that way. <laughs> you know, I make up all these stories kind of around these tools. Um, but uh, more recently, I've been really kind of obsessed with the sun over the last couple of years. And um, I just think there's a lot of stuff going on there. And so in meditation, uh, I'll kind of imagine myself there. If I get really freaked out about something, instead of grounding to the earth, I actually um, imagine that I'm grounding into the sun. So I haven't gotten burned up yet. <laughs> and I'm still not exactly sure what I'm doing with the sun, but some, it changes something. Um, and it's different than kind of that earth energy, which would make sense. Cause it's like a giant ball of, you know, fiery air. So, yeah. So what tool do you still, you, are you still using? I Julia? love the grounding cord because I just really want to feel like I'm centered in my space. Like I'm really present. I mean, obviously, there are times when I don't mind drifting off, but for the most part, I, you know, I want to feel like I'm really aware and I'm using all of my senses when, I, when I'm out in the world because it's there's a lot of stimulation. There's a lot going on. And I think a lot of people are kind of fogged out and they're maybe not paying attention. So I feel like, you know, I need to stay pretty centered. So I love be, using the grounding cord. Uh, I love calling my energy back to myself by creating a big gold ball above my head. We called it the golden sun mm -hmm. at BPI. Like I probably don't do it as much as I should, but like call my energy back because I have a tendency to, to go and look for sad things and then put energy there. And I don't even know what quite what's going on there, but <laughs> like keeping the pulse on the sadness. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I just can't get enough. Like I'm always reading the most horrific stories in the newspaper or watching these really depressing documentaries. It actually could be a, maybe it's a problem. But I just I'm like so interested in the pain that we're generating here. It's like I'm fascinated by it. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why can't we grow all food and share it? Why can't we put all the weapons down and hold hands? You know, it sounds a little airy fairy but 
I really don't understand it. Like, I don't know why we aren't putting our energy into cooperative, sort of collaborative stuff. And so I tend to look at these things that are tragic and I leave a little bit of energy there. And so yeah. I really need to practice calling it back, like get, get the energy back here. I can't really be fully functional if I'm scattered. And I think this is, I think a lot of women do it. A lot of women are giving energy to the people around them that are in pain or the people that are struggling. And I know men do it too, but as women, I just think naturally or we're trained to do it. And learning how to call your energy back is a total game changer. Yeah. So um, maybe you could describe that a little bit more. So I'm sitting down in my chair. I'm just kind of hanging out and I'm calling back my energy. So I imagine a big golden sun above my head and then I just have these little sparks of light coming back into that golden sun. Yeah. And I mean, when we say a big ball of energy above your head, I mean big, like not not a beach ball, like maybe a VW bug, you know, like big. And (laughs) I like to imagine like it's just getting bigger. You know, I'm just relaxing. I don't really need to work at it. Like there's a magnet in there. It's all going to come back. I don't have to look for it. I don't have to get freaked out. And then when it looks really luscious and sparkly, I kind of imagine it like a liquid, like I pop the bubble and let the liquid come down through the top of my head. And I really take time imagining like every cell in my body, everything is filling up with this gold, luscious energy, you know, and you can even if you want, if you're going to practice this, you could even have an intention like, okay, this is abundance or this is serenity or this is vitality or whatever you need. Mm -hmm. You know, you can specify like, this is the kind of energy I need right now. Um, It's not that it's bad that we exchange energy. I think one way to look at it is more like your body needs your energy. So it's not bad that you gave someone energy or they gave you energy. It's just in your body, your energy works best. So, and I think sometimes we, when I first learned the tool, I I felt a little bad, like, well, if I call my energy back, what's going to happen to so-and-so, but (laughs) are they going to fall apart? Are their arms going to fall off? (laughs) Yeah. Like, is it going to get worse? Is it my fault? I need to prop that up. But Mm -hmm. I think what I started to realize over time is if I'm pulling my energy out of someone else's space, I'm leaving room for them to have their energy, which is really the optimal energy for them. So I don't need to feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so funny back in those early days when I'd be meditating and calling my energy back and specifically maybe even thinking of some someone like I'm going to take my energy out of, you know, back from my dad and he'd call. He would call, (laughs) you know, it's like the phone's ringing and I I'd check later and it's like, wow, dad felt that. I think he felt it a little bit and he called, you know, these little coincidences that we don't always notice are those moments of confirmation, like something's happening. Okay. And it maybe it seems subtle for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are expecting a psychic experience, like a, a big, you know, event, but for so many of us, it's very subtle and it's easy to either not notice it or dismiss it. Yeah, I think there's a lot more subtle uh, signs happening, you know, daily, a couple times a day. And we just have to sort of get attuned to that because the big splashes. um, And I think about 
you know, the time there was this giant <laughs> blue, like 12 foot tall being in my room. I was asleep, but I thought I was awake. My heart was jumping out of my ch- chest. I thought I was dying. I didn't know what was going on, but all I knew was like, I was running to that blue thing, whatever that was, because the energy felt so great. And I was like, what is that? To this day, I still don't know, but I was definitely changed after. And that only happened once. Like, that yeah. didn't happen 20 times. Right. But um, we have different that we hear every day. Um, you and I just used the word battle axe <laughs> randomly uh, today. I did in my own world, and, and you did too, and we were just comparing notes. And so why— that's a, a hilarious word to begin with, but why you and I both using that same word. So there's a another little coincidence or another little hello from spirit there. So there's a lot of these, I think, uh, moment to moment uh, happenings that I think we can enjoy. And, and I think to do that, we need to be a little bit more grounded in our space, in our body, um, sort of at ease in our body and these other things sort of show up. I mean, do I want the blue being to show up every day? Probably not. That would really freak me out. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I can't take him to work. I, I, I don't know why it's a him. It might be an it. I don't know if it was this planet or off planet. Maybe I was somewhere else. I don't know. So it, it's just these happenings uh, day to day. I, I think there's so much to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, they get afraid. You know, maybe they do have a bigger experience and they don't know what to think of it. And that's where we get the whole, like, you know, obviously you're crazy. You know, you may be psychic, not crazy, really. I mean, I think a lot of people that feel like they're struggling with mental health stuff, it's really a psychic thing. It's really like you have these abilities. We all have them. And and you're you don't know really how to work with them in a way that feels good and it's getting scary it can get scary if you don't know what's going on you don't have anyone to talk to about it you don't have anyone to validate that or say oh yeah or you know you're sort of feel like you can't share these things and it's yeah. a real form of disempowerment because we are sensitive beings we are so much more sensitive to our environment than we probably realize and more in tune with what's happening around us. And yet, if you don't know that's happening, I think it can make you feel kind of sick and scared. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I'm just thinking of some other, other happenings (laughs) where I thought it was completely off my rocker. Um, yeah. Yeah. And try telling just one of your, you know, normal friends or whatever, try telling them that story. I mean, and you will feel like I'm not going to share those stories anymore because people really get resistant or they'll mock you or they'll make fun. Yeah. Laugh at you or tell you like that's or get scared. Yeah. So I feel so blessed that I found BPI when I was about 22 because it was kind of like I was young enough to learn these tools and put them to work and not spend another 10 years feeling really, really like something is wrong. You know, I don't get <laughs> yeah. in. I don't, I don't know. I, don't I needed it values. at a young, yeah, yeah, I needed it at a young age. Other folks, you know, they have their big sort of psychic moment where they kind of awaken and it 
the world's changed after that, and that's great, and they go on. and But they didn't miss out on the earlier years of not having this. But uh, for me, I needed, I probably needed this at about six years old. Me too. I would have yeah. loved to have grown up in a family where we talked about this or a school that taught me these tools. What if we all learned this stuff in school? That'd be amazing. Oh, my and, God. You know, studies actually show, because kids who get punished a lot, some schools are starting programs where they teach mindfulness and meditation techniques. Instead of saying, okay, your your behavior's bad, and now you're going to get punished, you know, it's kind of like, let's pull you out, let's let's self-reflect, let's, let's look at this. What is going on? That That is a much more effective way of helping some of these kids get a handle on what what they're feeling, what they're thinking, you know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I do feel very blessed. I had a, a great aunt that um, came to visit from Ecuador and we were talking in our head and not out loud. And I didn't even notice. And I was pretty young. Um, and that stayed with me forever. And I didn't really tell anyone about it. But I you know, over the years, comparing notes with other family members, I realized like, oh, that's what that is. Um, I think the other thing that has occurred, and I think you have had experience with this also, is when you travel and you go to different towns, uh, wherever that is in the world, um, you will kind of run up against some of your past lives. And so I did want to kind of talk about that on today's show, just because I do think we live in such a crazy time um, where kind of anything goes on the planet. Uh, but a lot of good stuff did happen in the past um, that is part of our makeup. And so uh, I, I know that the minute I am in Rome, I know exactly where to go, where to eat, who to talk to. Um, it's like I've been living there this whole time, you know, and I can see many, many past lives there. Um, but that's not every town. Um, Barcelona, I was there for four days and I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> well, the Spaniards did have an inquisition. It was pretty, pretty ugly. <laughs> Clearly, I was probably part of that crowd that uh, did something with that. Either way, either way, either way, I was, you know, uh, an inquisitor or I was, you know. Inquisitee. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there are... There are ways to kind of tap into those past lives and bring them into present time. Maybe not that one from Barcelona, but maybe others. Um, so what do you, what, how do you kind of think about uh, past lives and, and what have you noticed with your meditations? Well, that's, that's interesting and because you're kind of getting me to remember being about 18 or 19 before I found Berkeley Psychic Institute. I remember I had a real sort of what I would call a spiritual thirst. And I kind of went through a brief dark night of the soul where I actually thought about becoming a Catholic nun, which was bizarre because I'm not I wasn't raised Catholic. But I just was so wanting to feel connected to something bigger, you know, like this just can't be it. And I remember a friend of mine, not even a good friend. I don't even know how this happened. He loaned me this little book. It was like a pamphlet, but a little book that was about reincarnation. And I remember being like, that's that is the truth. That is my truth. Like, I don't have any doubts about it. I, this just so makes sense to me. And so by the time I got to the Berkeley Psychic Institute, I hadn't really examined my own past lives. 
I might have had a couple hints. Like, I've always loved medieval stuff, which is yeah. why I love the, the battle, <laughs> battle axe term. <laughs> you know, I just I love that knight. No, I and, want one. You know, Excalibur and all that. And uh, it just it just made so much sense to me. Like, I spent time there, you know? I had, I had a really intense time during the Dark Ages. I know, because I still... I still kind of like am gravitating towards that stuff. Um, <laughs> like you have a shield somewhere. You just can't find it. Totally. I would love to do that. What is that? Where the people dress up and act out that stuff. I, that was <laughs> my dream come true. I love it. Um, and then people are like, you know, it was really hard to live then. You know, you probably would have died of an infection. It's like, don't bring me down. Okay. Those were great times. Okay. There was a lot of running around and, hacking on armor sounds great i love it but um occasionally not not all the time but occasionally i would get a past life reading from someone or i would discover one of my own in meditation and it would bring so much information or answers to things that i was struggling with like oh it all makes sense now you know um like, I got obsessed with this guy once. I, he was not even that great. I'm telling you. it was. Everyone was like, what is wrong with you? And then someone gave me this past life reading about it. And it just, it was like, it was like popping a bubble full of energy. I just felt something moved. In it, and I just felt free. And I felt peaceful after the reading. Like, oh, first of all, I understand why I got obsessed. Because it doesn't even make sense, really. But it does when I know the past life because there was unresolved stuff there and I needed to run into that person again and I needed to sort of live out some intense thing. And as soon as the person, you know, kind of showed me the past life, it, it kind of it just brought everything into present time. And suddenly I was like, OK, I'm, I'm really I'm done now. But I don't think I would have been able to really put it aside without being able to look at the past life and understand why the pain that happened there and how it sort of showed back up so I could heal it, you know? Yeah. So they, and they just kind of percolate up. You, sometimes you don't see them coming, <laughs> you know, suddenly no. you're, you, you're just going on vacation and then you get off the plane and you're like, Oh my God, like I, I can't be here. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or you get around someone and you just have that feeling of familiarity. It isn't always a good thing. It could be like, oh, no, like not you. You know, no, I don't <laughs> want to hang out with you again. Now I'm going to go but, find my battle axe and exactly, take care of this. Like, I can't, like can't I believe you came here, you know, whatever. <laughs> but or but sometimes it's really joyful. Like, oh, my God, you, you know, like, uh, I haven't seen you in so long. And. Um, we're wearing totally different costumes now. Like we're totally doing something different, but it's so great to see you. Um, that was something that made the past life thing so real for me is when you meet those people and you get that weird feeling. Like, I just know you, I know you, you know? And yeah, cause that had happened really to me a lot before I showed up at the Berkeley psychic Institute, especially in my late teen years, that just that feeling of like, you're so familiar. Like, I just know everything about you already. So I was really prepared in a way to, to find the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Like I had already done some laying of the foundation or I wouldn't even, I don't even give myself credit. Like the universe had kind of put some things in my path that kind of got me ready for that. 
Yeah. And, you know, this is interesting because sometimes people that I've taught in classes, meditation classes, or that I've done readings for are kind of like, gosh, I wish I could do what you do. But it, and I always feel like saying, you know, first of all, everybody's unique and the way it works for you is probably different, but it's not, I'm not special. It's just that I practiced a lot, just like any skill I practiced and I had, a, I've had a lot of experience, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident about it, but anyone could be. I don't think there's anything special, really. I don't think, you know, anybody, I think everyone can develop these abilities, period. And so so it's not like, oh, I got, I got this gift and you didn't get it. No, we all have it. We just, we just don't get any training or any support to use it unless you somehow stumble across a community of people or some teacher or someone who kind of helps give you permission and makes it safe. Yeah. I know so much to talk about. I think we're going to take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about like Akashic records and a little bit more about past lives. And we'll do a little uh, demonstration. So folks out there can just sort of call some of the past lives back and and see what happens. It'll be like an experiment. So uh, yeah, we'll be back. This is Christy Walsh. We hope you're enjoying the surf today. Come find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing, on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves, and check out the archives on inflowradio.com. Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. And we're back. This is Christy Walsh with Surfing the Psychic Waves, and my guest today is Julia Stone Street smith She's a clairvoyant, intuitive counselor and writer, and uh, we're talking about past lives in this sort of next piece of the show, and uh, what we've noticed is just that um, it's kind of never-ending when you start opening up that Pandora's box of psychic tools, and one of the ones uh, Julia and I have both used is kind of looking at past lives in meditation. And so, Julia, um, what would you say, like, what other past lives have kind of informed your life, this life? Let's see. I guess I had a past life with my husband. I don't know if this one was so great, but (laughs) we were Irish, and we had, like, ten kids. And now we're married, and we only have two, but sometimes I'm like, these kids are driving me crazy! (laughs) So maybe I still have post-traumatic stress from having ten. Because that sounds really hard. I don't care what time period. Um, gosh. What about that writing? Because you do write. That's true. I have had some past life readings where people said, okay, it looks like maybe you were in England or France and kind of like a political writer. Like writing 
political satire, which totally makes sense. Because I'm yeah. constantly going around making snarky political comments. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, it comes easy to you. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I put a lot of attention on it. I think one way we can kind of figure out some of our past life history is to notice, what are you interested in? Oh, do you love sushi? You got to eat Japanese food? Well, that might be a hint. Or you love everything to do with France? You're a Francophile? Well, that might be a hint, you know. Um, you've always wanted to go to Australia. Like you just have a weird feeling like you just got to go. That might be a hint. So what you're interested in, what you're attracted to can be telling and can tell you, do you love art? Well, maybe you were an artist. You love music. Maybe there's a part of you that was involved in that somewhere. So it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be, you don't even really need a lot of help to give yourself a past life reading. It's, it's kind of like my old teacher used to say, just make it up, like make it <laughs> up. Like, cause whatever you're making up, imagination and psychicness are so connected. Like the part of us that can imagine something that can picture something in our mind is very tapped into our psychic ability. So you might think you're making it up these visions that you have or the visions you create for yourself, but that's all information. There's so, there's some truth in there. Yeah. So you know, when I do look at uh, different energies, I do still look from my sixth chakra. So like that space between your eyes. And I just kind of imagine a screen out in front of me, like a big movie screen. And when I'm doing uh, sort of past life work or looking at, I don't know, different things that are bugging me. <laughs> so I want to bring back energy uh, from past lives to help me deal with today. I do sort of imagine a timeline sometimes, and I can kind of see from the start of when I sort of came to the planet Earth, you know, and maybe I'm going to reincarnate a bunch of times. Maybe there's pieces missing in that timeline where I might have done something else on another planet. Who knows? Um another dimension. I mean, you can really blow up your brain with all this and then you just keep going kind of on this timeline and you're like, oh, that 1452. Yeah. That Columbus guy. Yeah. I remember that. And then, you know, it kind of brings me back to maybe past life in Spain again. Maybe I wanted to go on one of those tall ships. It just was not going to happen that lifetime because I was thrown in jail for, you know, doing some heretical thing. <laughs> Like being a witch. I don't know. So it, it, I'm just making this up. But um, again, you know, it just it just kind of unfolds. And so this is just a one of the ways that you could just sort of sit down and sort of look at what's kind of available to you. And the other yeah. thing that we have talked about, I think, before is that um, people talk about Akashic Records. There's lots of um, information on that you know, on the web about uh, Akashic Records. But at BPI, uh, we actually did a meditation where you would imagine that you have your own Akashic Record Keeper, um, which was a little being or a big being, depending what your imagination does, um, that would sort of help you with looking at kind of your past life, you know, skills and attributes and talents and it, it would kind of help you with sort of history of the world stuff. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I always pictured it like a library and there's sort of a librarian keeping track of 
all everything you're doing, all the lessons you've learned everywhere you've been. And of course, my record keeper, when I <laughs> he always looked harassed. He just looked <laughs> harassed like ugh. he was sort of a an unkempt looking guy, like long hair, gray, wiry hair, beard, you know, and just just looked sort of like a a crazy scientist type, just nuts, but annoyed. And it was fun to go talk to him or like, hey, I need some information on this. You know, he's like, oh, again, you know, because <laughs> it's like I have a lot of stuff I want to look at. Sorry. You know, I need you to go back in the files in the stacks and get that past life from, you know, whatever, 1842. Like, I need that. So I, I he had a name. He has a name. I, it was just, oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. Now I'm like, oh. I've been I've been ignoring you, but I think I've still been keeping him busy, whether I'm conscious or not. It's like, dude, go get that information. How did we handle that that time? What do I do? I do I say something rude back to this person who's rude to me at the store, or do I just like walk away? What do I do? Like, what happened the last time? Did I get Did I get hurt? Oh my gosh, yeah. Past lives are fun, and your Akashic records are fun, and just like you can sort of get a hint about your past lives by looking at what you're interested in, I think you can also get a hint about your past lives by looking at what you're good at, what you have, where your talents are, and also what you're, what you're afraid of, what you're resisting, what you're like, I don't want to do that. Well, maybe you had a life where you tried that and it didn't go very well, you know, and you're still kind of feeling the, the sort of remnants of, of those, those painful feelings. Um, yeah. Or it looks like, you know, you're just surfing the web. You're supposed to be working that day. And you realize there's the Magna Carta on display at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. And I literally dropped everything, got in the car, and went up there. Like, I don't do that kind of stuff. But sometimes when it's your stuff, you're like, oh, clear the decks. I'm over there. And, <laughs> and it was just me looking at the Magna Carta. I don't know where all the people were. It was like I was in this, like, coming out of a fog, but in a fog at the same time. It's yeah, very we strange. get drawn to things. Yeah. I mean, there was something I like to say to my clients, my reading clients, or my students a lot, which is what I call, like, follow the sparkle. Okay? If something attracts your attention in the newspaper or you're driving home, you got to go look at it. Your rational mind is going to say, no. No, I don't have time. Or like, I don't want to take a right. I never take a right. I'm going to go straight. But that's that's your spirit trying to kind of lead you to something. You know, like, come over here. Look at this. And if you get quiet and you look for that sparkle, you know, what are you attracted to? What what are you, what are you noticing? And if you give yourself permission to go explore it, I mean, I really think magical things can happen for us much more than we realize if we just let our curiosity kind of lead us because these little hints and clues and little bits of treasure, I mean, they're everywhere, but most of us get so disconnected from that part of us. We're just like, we're just going through the motions. Like we're just, we got to get stuff done. We got to get through the list and we don't, we've lost our ability to kind of meander around and discover these little bits of truth or, really treasure, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to kind of expand on that 
treasure piece. And I think um, if we can have folks out there just sort of uh, get into a, a light trance, and um, we haven't done this on Inflow Radio yet, but there's always a first. Um, so I think we want folks to, to just sort of say hello to their Acacia record keeper, and we'll give them a little job today. So how we would kind of do this, and Julia, you can jump in, is that we'll just kind of sit back uh, in our chairs if you're sitting down or lying down, and you just kind of want to sit back into your space in that place behind your eyes, and we're just going to kind of ground to the center of the earth, and you won't make a big deal about how energy's running or anything like that in this exercise, but uh, we'd want to have sort of a movie screen out in front of us, out in front of your eyes. You can have your eyes open or closed. And you could just imagine that on that movie screen, it's kind of like a stage. We're just going to pull the curtains back and we're just going to have a little spotlight kind of show up on that stage. And on that spotlight, we're just going to invite your personal uh, Acacia Record Keeper to kind of come out into that spotlight. Like they usually like to be a little hidden, so we won't keep the light uh, burning that bright. Maybe soften it a little. I'd just like you to kind of imagine just sort of that image of that Acacia Record Keeper. And then as you're saying hello to that being, you can return to this place at another time and ask names and how you know each other and all that sort of stuff. But I'd like you to just let that stage area sort of fall away and just imagine you standing in front of a book and your Acacia Record Keeper is right next to you. And that book's really big, really old paper. Maybe it's papyrus. Maybe it looks like the book of Kells, these beautiful drawings. And I'd like you to just let the Acacia Record Keeper open to a page. And what we're asking the Acacia Record Keeper to do is to show you a page you need to sort of look at or experience right now and an energy that you can use right now. There we go. And so some of you might see a blank page. Some of you might see all sorts of things. Or you might feel a color or a vibration. And Juliet, do you have anything to add? Well, I would just add whatever you're experiencing it. Uh don't judge it like just let it happen because i think we we tend to stop ourselves yeah. but i don't i don't know i just had a really interesting experience with my acacia record keeper so i hope our audience did too <laughs> <laughs> okay so you i think you guys kind of get the idea so i'd like you to just imagine that you're stepping away from that book and you can come back as often as you like and whenever else you want but we want to come back to present time and so just say goodbye to your Acacia Record Keeper. Notice their outfit, maybe the image of them. 
And just kind of settle back into that place behind your eyes. You can just kind of relax back into your heart space, just bringing any of that energy or that experience back with you. Okay. So that was just kind of a super fast little meditation. Um, But as you can see, anything can happen in just like just moments of time. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think, again, back to that idea of kindergarten, it just being playful and trusting whatever you see. Yeah. Because and then if you, a lot yeah. of people, yeah, they, they don't think they're psychic and they expect something else, like they're expecting it to look a certain way. And if you just relax and kind of play around and ask questions and see what you see and maybe keep a journal or something, like write stuff down so you don't forget because I forget a lot, but it's kind of like, wow, <laughs> this stuff is so entertaining. I think psychic people can be lonely people sometimes because we don't need a lot of entertainment because we're, we we can entertain ourselves. <laughs> well, I'm always talking to people <laughs> just without bodies. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, leave me alone. I'm doing, I'm in my own little world. Okay. I don't stop bugging me. People, yeah. normal earthlings, like I'm in my little realm. Speaking of realms, I think um, one of the things that starts to happen in meditation as you, you know, you get into it a little bit more um, is that uh, different beings will keep coming back. (laughs) And I've always been surprised, like, oh, my God, they're coming back again. And so I do have these groups of musicians that come in and they, you know, just amazing they're like in this little parade and they're just going around in a circle around my space and then I know it's like uh oh I better sit down and we're going to do some work so you know we all have these sort of environments that we kind of hang out in in our meditation spaces um and uh yeah I I still don't know kind of how that happened that was not something that was taught at uh BPI um it just something that evolved over many years. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the great things about moving on from BPI because they had some very specific, like, do it this way, you know, do it this way, which was great. It was great training. But I felt like after I left is when it kind of became more unique to me. Like, no, this is how yeah. I'm going to do it. Like, I love the sort of regimented program. It helped me a lot. But then... Once you leave that organization or, you know, you go out on your own, that's when you really kind of make it your own. Like now, now I'm going to let it, let the tools be mine. I'm going to use them the way I want to. And I'm going to get, and I'm going to look at things that I'm interested. Like maybe I'm a past life person and I want to look at that all the time. Or maybe I'm, uh, you know, into the energy and how energy flows and I'm looking at that. Or maybe I'm into looking at beings and how they show up and Everybody has their interest, and you can kind of go towards it more freely. I felt like after I left, then I felt a little yeah. more like, okay, now I'm really going to just get get into what I want to look at, which is probably yeah. different from what other people want to look at. Yeah. It was kind of like going to a psychic gym. Yeah, you know? or a psychic military program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you're kind of out of it and you've done your time and now you can, because you do at that time at PPI, you read a lot of other people and 
their energy and you're reading with others. So uh, one of the things that Julie and I have in common is that we do um, uh, art where we do read together. Like we understand how to match energy at the crown chakra level. And then we just kind of, we're, we're looking at the same thing. It's amazing. And so um, for me, it hasn't been a singular experience just working with clients and stuff. It's like we, you know, we learned to read that way. So Yeah. And quite yeah. frankly, you are one of those people that when I met you, I was like, oh, my God, I know you. Like, I totally knew where you. Where have you been? Like, what did you, where'd you go? Like, I know you did some stuff, like, since I last saw you. Um, yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah. But I'm so glad that we got to at least surf these waves today. And we'll definitely do it again soon. Um, I think there's so many topics and so many twists and turns that we've both had on our psychic development. And I think it's good for other folks to hear that, like, they're not crazy. I know. because It's, it's not days, a straight line. I really feel like our the energy on our planet is very complicated and, and rough. And if you're like me and you gravitate towards looking at painful things, then yeah, you might be feeling pretty lonely out there, pretty roughed up, when really you're sensitive to the energy and you can learn tools to help you manage it, you know? Yeah. And you can look at how you've might've done this before. I mean, yeah, the and world you're not hasn't crazy. Been... You yeah. are not crazy. You're not imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I know so many different uh, avenues we could, we could turn down. Um, so again, psychic kindergarten, that's probably the, best easiest place to start and uh anything can happen in that space it can be colors or words or coincidences that you look at you could look at past lives you could look at the energy of the earth to get started um, but it just kind of unfolds over time and and for us we happen to go to this one place called berkeley psychic institute um other folks start other places um and, and that's great. So there is not a straight path. So thank you so much for all of you uh, tuning in to Surfing the Psychic Waves. And thank you, Julia. Thank and you. And if you want to find out more about Julia, send us an email at inflowradio.com. Thanks. Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.